Good morning and welcome to the weekly roundtable. C-SPAN here. Got a bunch of high impact men on the call today. And if I did a featurette, and it's not a call, it's a podcast, but if I did a featurette, it would be two of them today. First one would be get signed up for the 10 year. Also, with my sub point on the uh, 10 year, was even if she doesn't want to go, offer your M a beach trip, either on the, on the front side or the back side of this 10 year thing. It's going to be January, the coast. Just at least let her know that she's welcome uh, to hang out with you and spend some time down at uh, the coast in January. Part two is uh, Grow Ruck, Kansas, Grow Ruck, Texas, Grow Ruck, Louisville. They're all going to be great events. If you haven't signed up yet, make sure you get signed up. Louisville is still bragging that they're probably going to be the toughest. So um, the guys in Kansas City and the guys in Texas are definitely up for the challenge. So all all three of the events are going to be special. Just uh, get yourself signed up. If you do have any concerns about um, COVID or anything about like, you know, anything like that, reach out to my friend Bono or my friend Gobbler, and those guys will um, hopefully put your mind at ease. So today's topic is a cool one. And um, before we do that, let's do the easy stuff first. So I'm going to start with Klondike. Klondike, who EH'd you? How long have you been doing F3? Oh, great longtime friend of mine. Uh, Freddie Mac EH'd me, and that was the very start of 2014, very, very close to when Charleston started to take off um, just with one AO under the bridge. Awesome. And uh, for all you people who have never been to Charleston, worked out underneath the bridge, one of the most beautiful, uh, one of the most beautiful AOs in all of F3. Also, it includes a one of the worst runs in my, I don't, I'm going to say in the world, but it's not in the world. It's just a really crappy run because they take they take off from the bottom of the bridge and then run it straight up the bridge. Um, beautiful AO, beautiful bridge. And uh, tell me the guy who reached his name again. His name was Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac. Let's just do a special shout-out to Freddie Mac today. Obviously, Ooh, you knew uh, you were the right Yep, you, you're the right kind of getting the right kind of guy to get involved. So, special shout out to him. Tugga, who eh'd uh, how long you been doing F three? Hey, C-SPAN. Um, so my neighbor uh, Jason Green, Dirty Bird, uh, eh'd me. I just moved back to Charleston after a long hiatus, being gone for a while, and uh, you know, I uh, was traveling a lot when I first got down here. Uh, you know, when I stopped doing the traveling back from Charleston to Washington, D.C., you know, I really had no excuse anymore to, uh, to all the EHs he had applied. So, uh, so I had to come out and, uh, you know, you know, was, uh, was dogging it through the, through the, uh, just the warm up, you know, to begin with, you know, 50 size travel hops were killing me, but, um, you know, so glad, so glad he did and that I stuck with it. And, uh, so, uh, so yeah, Dirty Bird, Jason Green, uh, EH, so six years back in 2014, uh, was when I started. Awesome. And then uh, shout out to Dirty Bird. So it sounds like um, I'm Ooh, Dirty Bird. Some kind of some kind of Falcon guy, you know. Yeah, we'll yeah you're, right there. He, he he did live in Atlanta, but I think it was because he was a Falconer. Yeah. Okay. Copy that. All right. And then uh, for all you um, podcasters out there, one of my favorite old men in all of F3. Platwire, who reached you? 
how long or how many decades have you been doing F3? Uh, thank you, C-SPAN. Joe Gal, 57 Hotwire. I uh, have been doing F3 for about four years, actually. I would say two people. Um, Chicken Wing, Andy up in Fort Mill, South Carolina. He, he lived here in Charleston. He's transitioned up there and moved to Fort Mill. And a guy named Kevin Cole, Conflict, here in Charleston. It was our Nantan. I think those two guys really uh, got me out there and inspired me to stick with it. Um, so I would say to both of those guys, shout out to both Conflict and Chicken Wing. Yeah, and I was going to say, so first off, uh, you're one of my favorite senior citizens. And besides that, Chicken Wing and Conflict, you talk about two high-impact men, um, just both great guys. And so shout out to both of them. So, well, what we're going to talk about today is the Tour de Charleston. And, um, you know, we have a couple different tours that go on each summer, but I had the guys from Charleston because they've, uh, they've been doing this a few years. Uh, I'm sure you've seen Ken Dahl and the guys from Lexington do it. Um, guys in Fort Mill and the guys from Metro used to do this. The guys from Lake Norman used to do this. But I think this is like one of the traditions that um, F3 should just, if you're not doing it, you should sit back, uh, take a note, especially if you're a first FTU or a second FTU or a third FTU. This is just a really cool way um, for just to kind of re-engage your region, and uh, especially a, a summer like this where we have a lot of guys feeling lonely. This is a really cool way to do it. So I'm going to hand it to Hotwire. I think he's going to do our kickoff discussion. And uh, Hotwire, why don't you take it from there? How did we come up with the tour to Charleston? Okay. So it was actually about four summers ago in July, and Klondike's going to explain a little here in a moment, but about four years ago, he came up with the idea kind of emulating the Tour de Charleston, Tour de France concept, where you have multiple stages uh, sped up over a period of the month of July in the summertime. So in Charleston, we had four years ago about 12 AOs, and so the idea was to spread out each of those AO locations on a specific date in the month of July. And the idea was that the, the PACs would try to attend as many of the workouts across those different AOs during the month of July according to the schedule. Um, so we had 12 of those stops, plus we added some pre-runs and some beach uh, boot camps and so forth and came up with, I think, 17 of them initially. So kind of the goal in the month of July was initially, you know, which PACs, how many PACs could do all 17. And there were a lot of benefits in the process as far as meeting the other packs. You know, we probably have 200, 300 packs in our region. Um, you know, you see them on social media and, and so forth and Slack, um, all the communications. But unless there's a convergence, you never really get to work out with those guys. So it was just a great way to build the camaraderie, the second app, et cetera. Um, and since that time, uh, this past summer, we're up to 27 stops. We've had more AOs create uh, – created, and so therefore more stops. We've added some uh, different challenges and different uh, more pre-runs and so forth involved, um, some back-to-back Friday-Saturday workouts, and you don't get points unless you do both. So it's really expanded, but again, the bottom line is it's, it's kind of friendly competition. We actually have a river that divide, divides Charleston, uh, the Cooper River, so we kind of have an east side and west side, so we kind of have a friendly competition east side guys talking smack against the west side and who's in the lead and who's not keeping up and so it's, it's a lot of a lot of fun as well stop there awesome and i um you know this is this is one of those ones where i i um 
we did this once in Fort Mill with uh, Fort Mill, and um, it was, used to be the Spitz Challenge where in when I when I was an Antan, and I uh, you just see a lot of guys that you don't normally work out with when you plan stuff like this. So, Klondike, I guess maybe you want to talk us through like uh, those initial stages, how you guys planned it, how you guys came up with the strategy. Because, like I said, if you're in a region that doesn't have something like this, pay special attention to what they did in the beginning. Klondike, on to you. Yeah, so so first off, I just want to say thanks to Hotwire for, uh, you know, for putting this together and reaching out to you about it. And um, and then one more thing on the history, I want to bring up Kevin Kolb again, Conflict. You know, he was instrumental. He and I were brainstorming different ideas for, you know, just trying to make an impact on, on our local F3 here in Charleston. And, um and I was just a big fan, have always been a big fan of the Tour de France. And so, and so as far as organizational, we looked at that model and said, hey, let's, let's set up something where guys have to kind of hammer themselves and, and um, you know, really pack in a bunch of workouts. Um, and that first year was actually, I looked back, um, Hotwire, I looked back at the uh, original uh, – announcement of the original 2017 tour and it was scheduled as a 23-day event with 14 stages um, but the last uh, 10 workouts occurred in in 13 days so it was a real push there at the end um, so as far as structurally um, it really just was nuts and bolts hey let's look at the schedule let's see when each AO meets and then you've just got to go over it and back over it and back over it again and let several eyes go across it to make sure that you didn't leave somebody out, you didn't leave an AO out, uh, and that also you've got every time right uh, on that thing. And it sounds fairly simple, but when you start doing it, you know, you've got to look at, hey, um, we've got all these AOs that, hey, they've got to go on Friday. That's that's when it's got to be, and then you end up – that may dictate how long your tour goes if you're going to try to hit everything. Um, so you, you may be able to do it in three weeks, except for you've got to have four Fridays to complete it. Um, so structurally, that, that's what it comes down to as far as organization. Yeah, yeah now let's talk a little bit about it too, because I know I think it was your first year, your second year, you guys um, had a pretty dynamic group of cues. So you set up the – you set up the structure and then set up a pretty dynamic set of cues. So uh, when I say this wasn't actually like a cakewalk, you guys kind of set it up that way as to challenge them. So this, and we're still only talking from a first F component right now. Map out all the AOs, map out all the schedules, and then map out a good cue list. Is there anything else first F perspective-wise you want to make sure we cover? Um, I think that about covers it I, I will say that it was pretty grassroots and pretty simple in that first year in that you know a lot of things we learned evolved because of the second f the the fellowship aspect and and the pride in their ao meant that you know if they knew the tour was coming on pick a day july 19th um they had one, two, or three of their toughest guys ready to go. Um, you know, so it just naturally evolved. You were going to have a tough workout when you showed up because they wanted it to be tough as as people came to their AO. 
Yeah, and uh, the other one that I, I know in those first couple of years with you guys, you guys did a really good job of, um, you know, making sure you highlighted it, you know, just, again, on the, just on the first step aspect, set up a good schedule, set up a good Q, uh, Q roster, and then whatever the AO provided, you made sure you included it. So like we were using the bridge as the example, you make sure you get at least a couple times up and down that bridge, uh, you know, and, and make it so you kind of highlight the best features of each AO, which I thought was really, really cool. So did we miss anything, Klondike? Anything else you want to add there? Um, yeah, that, that pretty much covered it other than just, just the fun of it. You know, when you, when you, uh, put that kind of challenge before guys, you end up with a place like we have a workout called Swamp Angel, which is right on the water. It's beautiful. And they got some nuts over there. Um, and, and so we're working out using chainsaws, not, not turned on, but safely using chainsaws to do curls and, um, dragging weights across, you know, uh, across the field and um, just some real off-the-wall things. And uh, it just created a great environment and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think that's the other one is guys can show their creativity, which is, I think, really cool. Let's transition to Tugga because I think the other thing that we want to make sure that if you're listening, if you're a podcast and you're listening to this, so it kind of starts out grassroots and it was more like a first-up challenge kind of thing. And then it turns into a second and third up, uh, really getting the, you know, getting the whole region aligned. So, why don't you take it from there, Tugga? Yeah, thanks, Pete Van. Um, and uh, you know, hats off to, to to Klondike. Really, you know, this this was his brainchild, and and uh, and you know, all the folks that uh, sort of initially uh, seeded it and gave it a lot of support. Uh, you know, I remember seeing. Uh, I think we had a convergence early on. I remember seeing. Uh, uh, Klondike and conflict sort of huddled up and they were, they were, they were looking at a, a, a piece of paper and I could tell they were like, you know, busy mapping stuff out. And it just got, just, I remember, you know, remember the, the very initial stages of that and how just like, you know, Oh, you know, and we could do this and we could do that. But you know, the, the most important thing was just launching it, you know? And so we did. And right away it was really apparent that it was going to be a big second F boost, you know, like, um, you know, as soon as there was a competition on, you know, there's lots of friendly banter, friendly competition, you know, between the AOs, uh, amongst those that were at the AOs. So, uh, and, and actually Hotwire, he was, uh, he was one of the best uh, mumble chatter, you know, trash talkers that there was out there. You know, uh, early on, we didn't have a lot of rules. So uh, I think Hotwire kind of like created his own imaginary rules every, uh, every other day as far as what you could get extra points for. Because um, it's kind of something to make it, you know, a fun competition. We did want to award like a, uh, hey, if you had hit all the AOs, uh, you know, as a pack's going through it, you know, you were earning points, right? So there'd be a, uh, there'd be a trophy awarded at the end. Uh, and, you know, it, it could have been anything. It could have been an old shoelace or an old shoe. And, uh, you know, guys are naturally going to get competitive and, and, be, uh, and be really excited to win the, the old shoelace. You know, it wasn't. Uh, actually, uh, I think by the end there, we had, we had graduated to, like, real trophies. Uh, the first year it might have been, might have been a, uh, a beer that uh, – that you were awarded and, and got to enjoy in front of the other packs. But I think that friendly competition element's always been really important. Uh-huh. 
And Tugga, tell me a little bit about how you guys tracked it because I know like Kendall and the guys from Lexington do like a cool picture and then post that on social media so you can kind of track who's making all the tour stops. How did you guys, how did you guys track it? Well, you know, that's, man, that's sort of a, a point of contention for me because I work out at one of the best AOs, I think maybe the best AO in Charleston called Park West, and we have a real allergic reaction to uh, row and column data trackers. I, I mean, I know this is a family program, so I, I don't want to use the word spreadsheet, but for everyone else that might not know a row, row and column data tracker, <laughs> we, uh, you know. You, you obviously don't, you don't know the roundtable listening audience because you cannot call a spreadsheet that because you freaked everybody out. So, <laughs> so I, I have to call it that because all my, all my uh, hymns at, uh, at Park West are like, I can't believe Tugger just said that. So, um, so. Yeah, you know, you know, you do want to declare a winner. We kind of we we posted a, uh, a Google that S word out there, and uh, everyone could sort of go to it, put their own name in, and then you know, at the top column, you we had all the AOs, and everyone got to uh, to sort of track which ones they had attended. You know, uh, before this year, we were always sort of cycling together, right? So you know, every stage of the Tour de Charleston was kind of done at the same time. We were all at you know, uh, Delta Echo together, or we are all at uh, Park West together, or the bridge together. Um, you know, this year, uh, this year is an anomaly in sort of everything. But, you know, the, still, the, the whole idea was get to as many AOs as you can, you know, see what that AO is like, meet the meet the uh, the other high impact males that are that are there at the, that AO. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, I reluctantly had to put together this really elaborate uh, row and column data tracker to, to sort of keep up with who's going to be, uh, and, you know, at the, at the top of the heap. Um, in, in some of the years, too, you know, before, before this oddity of the year of 2020, we also were encouraging a lot of participation, and we, we used it as a way to get um, to really encourage bringing out new guys. So we awarded extra points if you brought uh, friendly new guys to a workout. So uh, probably the... Uh, you know, kind of the most comical example of that was, uh, you know, we had uh, we had a, a coastie who was uh, uh, station the chief of the station down here in Charleston. So I, I don't know if he mandated it, but it sure did seem like we had a lot of coasties come to some of those workouts. And I, I'm pretty sure that maybe their liberty depended on it. You know, their free time actually depended on, hey, you know, boss says I got to go, I got to go work out. You know, but they're all better for it. Um, and uh, they, you know, he obviously, uh, I, I think he was the winner last year, probably because he had, you know, most of the F&Gs that he brought to the workout. So. Yeah, and I was going to say, uh, a bright man will always use his available resources. And so if you, just happen to have a, if you just happen to have a barracks of young men who need to go work out, <laughs> uh, so they depending on their weekend uh, liberty or not, I'm sure he probably got a lot of guys who volunteered to go work out and uh, counted towards his F&G total. So, yeah, without 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 a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, this this year, you know, I will. It 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 probably bears mentioning this year has been an anomaly with 2020. We we actually, uh, you know, we started. Um, we we had a pause, and then during that pause, because our you know the Charleston area's uh, totals for coronavirus were really high, we actually uh, made a, a very um you know well mixed mixed popular decision to uh to pause the tour so we're actually kind of in the middle of it right now we haven't shut anything down the spreadsheet is still there with the points as they stand but the whole idea is that if we can get back to a, a place where 
we can feel good about, you know, cycling to all these different AOs and, and maybe bumping up their numbers a little bit without bumping up the, the uh, coronavirus numbers, we'd really like to get back to it this year. You know, we, we, we intentionally did not keep it on a real tight schedule and, make, and, and trying to all move through all the AOs together this year with the idea that, you know, we, we wouldn't end up with 30 guys at one AO, you know, at one time. We could kind of treat, keep those numbers a little bit lower. And, and so it made it kind of virtual, not, not virtual. I mean, you still had to go to the AOs, um, but the idea is to sort of get back to that when it's sort of safe to do so. Yeah, I copy that. You know, it's, uh, for all my, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're making good sound judgment. And, uh, you know, I think that's the other part of this. If you put a challenge out there and the world changes like it is in 2020, just make sure you kind of uh, roll with it. And I, I think you guys are doing a good job. So. I'm going to – Tug, is there anything else you want to add? Because I, otherwise I'm going to go back around the horn. I have a few more questions. Tug, anything you want to add? No, no, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Why don't we start with uh, – I'm going to just go around the horn and ask you guys. You guys have all experienced this a few times, and I, I think it's really important for the podpacksters to hear the impact that this, you know, the tour has had on you and on your region. So I'm just going to go through the, through the list here and um, – Talk, ask the same question of each of you. Just kind of like, you know, favorite memory or maybe a, just something you want to share with the podcasters of, you know, it's worth the effort to put these kind of, because it is it is a seesaw. It's just lasts a month long and you get to meet a bunch of different guys that you don't normally work out with. So why don't we, um, why don't we start with you, Klondike? What, uh, like, you want to share a favorite memory? Um. Instead of one, I'm just going to go back to to last year. The third year seemed to be a charm in my mind because we figured some things out. And, and Tug alluded to this, but so went out and got a cup to resemble the Stanley Cup, right? And we formed teams. So now we've got a team competition. And uh, the team that ended up winning it was Team Harbaugh, some Banff. And, uh, and uh, I won't go too much into the name, but they, they named themselves in honor of one of our great F3 members down here. Um, and, uh, but they, they dominated, you know, and they won the team competition. And then Captain Ron, who ran, who seemed to be running away with the F and G competition, uh, because he was able to bring his, his, uh, coast guard, his, his coasties in. Um, he actually didn't win the FNG competition, Tugga. It was his teammate OG who did because OG is a school principal. He was using the same technique with people he knew from his school. Um, and, uh, and then the person who took all the points, though, who ultimately won the solo was Captain Ron, who was part of that four-man team. Um, and I guess I should say the team was Captain Ron, OG, Tackleberry, and HBC, and uh, like I said, those four dominated. But the the winners got the cup, the Stanley Cup that they were supposed to, you know, share and pass around as they saw fit throughout the year. And uh, then Captain Ron got a mini shovel flag, you know, with just a little uh, three-foot shovel and a flag that was TDC championship flag. So I guess that's one of my favorite memories is just watching all that come together and watch the other teams pursue them and, um, it was a it was a great great third year. Awesome, good. Thank you for sharing, 
Tug, I'll kind of ask you the same question. You got a favorite memory? Just uh, something you want to share with the podcasters of why doing these kind of events is, is so important? Uh, it's, it's tough to pick one. Um, you know, I think back to maybe the original, the original uh, tour, and you know, we finished it up at uh, the Edge, which is uh, an AO uh, out on Folly Beach, out on the west side of town, and uh, you know, we had a lot of guys that were were sort of all tied at the top, and so there were there were several winners that year, and then uh, you know. Uh, I think that was the year before we gotten fancy with uh, with with uh, shovel flags and other and, and, and nice trophies. And I think it was just a beer, you know, and uh, just uh, I remember, you know, the beers were awarded. Folks started celebrating by, uh, by tipping, tipping a couple up. And uh, apparently you're not supposed to do that on Folly Beach. Uh, that's uh, that's not endorsed. But uh, to watch the uh, all the packs suddenly come together uh, for the COT to sort of like, OK, beers down and now it's time to say the prayer and maybe it happened to be that the prayer helped uh maybe cover some illicit activity i think was also just kind of a humorous moment and uh just you know an example of all this all those packs coming together to make sure their brothers weren't getting into trouble we didn't uh no one got in trouble but uh you know just that it it was uh it was just one of those memorable moments but there, there have been a lot over the course of the tour and you know really uh really really happy that we've got this going on in charleston Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And let's see if the old man's still awake. Hotwire, you got oh, yeah. any memories you want to share for the you want to share for the podpaxers? Sure. I'll just tell you the one since Tugga brought it up about the first year where we didn't have really hard and fast rules. Um, so again, it was in the month of July. I think I was on vacation the first week of July, so I missed some spots, some AO stops. So I, when I got back from vacation, I knew I had to make them up. So I went to the bridge to go make up one of the workouts, and I show up there. The packs are there, and one of the workouts I missed was the the bridge run, which is like a six-mile round-trip run. Meanwhile, all the other packs were there to do the boot camp. So we warm up. They start heading west, and I start heading east up the bridge, and they're like yelling, hot wire, hot wire, where are you going, man, where are you going? I said, dude, i got to run the bridge. i got to catch up. The next thing I know, i got Tug over here telling me I'm breaking the rules that you can't go you know, on a non-scheduled day. And I'm like, wait a second, we don't have any rules. So kind of would never fly. Yeah. So I was kind of, that's an example of one of the kind of rules I made up. So anyhow, they picked on me for that, but man, I wanted to hit all 17 that year. And so that was my only way to do it. So it created some good mumble chatter and some good banter. And I enjoyed it. I ran the six miles and I checked it off the box. So it was all good. Awesome. And for the podcasters listening, I'm gonna it's gonna do my normal stuff. Um, put it on social media. It's nice to see some positive things. You know, uh, Ken Dahl and the guys from Lexington, the guys from Charleston. I know there's some other regions that still do this kind of stuff. It's great to get it on social media, get it on Facebook, get it on Instagram, get it on Twitter, because the other thing it does is it allows um, it allows like. And then Slaughter's my favorite person that brings this up. It allows other men to see that our group is fun. And so make sure you do that. Um, also, two really good vehicles, one to get EH guys and two to bring Cotters back. And so, gentlemen, it was really great talking to you. Uh, thank you for being guests in the roundtable. If you're a first FQ or a second FQ or a third FQ or an Antan or a Weasel Shaker, um, these guys – 
Um, I guess I need to go around quickly and get their contact information out so you can actually know how to contact them. Klondike, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, just direct text. Ready for that number? Yeah, that. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta be careful. You put your phone number out there. You can put a you can put an email out there, or a Twitter handle, whatever you feel like sharing. You want to put your number out there. It's a, it's a good group, but it's. There a lot of people listen That's to That's why podcast. I asked it that way. I wanted your input before I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say probably an email or a Twitter handle. So so you can you can reach me at all lowercase Johnson Ed twenty nine at Yahoo dot com. That's Johnson Ed twenty nine at Yahoo dot com. Love it. I love a Yahoo mail email address. I'm talking old school. That's great. Oh, Tell cool. what's the best way? Yeah, Tugger, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, uh, pretty easy. It's my name. It's Chris, but I guess that's complicated because it's K-R-I-S. So Chris, K-R-I-S, at Golson, G-H-O-L-S-O-N dot O-R-G. So Chris at Golson dot org. Perfect. Old man, how do they get a hold of you? The old man will go with Twitter, which is uh, at LowCountryJoe. All one word, but no E on Joe, J-O, at Low Country Joe. Excellent. Gentlemen, okay. uh, keep, up the good, keep up the good work. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, keep, up the, uh, keep up the fun in Charleston. Make sure you tell a diopter that I said hello and the okay. rest of the guys. And then uh, for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Thank you, Sam.